0: Oh!
1: Oh! Hey, on goal! On Joseph goal. Pittman, oh goal! Joseph Bateman, on goal!
0: Through the zone, is mob taking matters in his own hands. Wapley, faints a shot, shoots! Oh!
1: My oh, word! <laughs> B-Y-G <laughs> Celebrity does the sweeping of the ice. My feet, his really feet, does his step to Oh! It's oh, a goal from Nicholas Hauger! And now he's celebrating… Win the race. oh god it's in the danger zone oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no, we're sorry no, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing it's just that was bad timing sorry. hello everybody and welcome to the 50th biha podcast i'm joined with the ever faithful uh, nick ivo how are you doing nick
1: i'm very good rambo uh, how are you doing
0: i'm doing uh, quite well um Unfortunately, I had a, a bereavement this week. I probably should address this on the podcast. Uh, my grandfather, who featured a couple of podcasts ago, sadly passed away. Um, but you, you knew I was very excited for the 50th podcast, so uh, the show must go on, as they say. Uh, anyway, uh, Nick, we're it's not just you that's on the call. We're joined by uh, two esteemed guests for the 50th podcast. Uh, the first being uh, the person who, according to SoundCloud, listens to us the most. Uh, with 73 listens, despite there only being 49 pods, Max Springer, how are you doing, Max?
2: You're not too bad, I yourself, all good.
0: I'm doing, uh, well, as I say, quite well, thank you. And uh, how does it feel to have that moniker of being the, uh, the biggest po- uh, pod slut, I guess?
2: <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> it's especially surprising because I listen to it on Spotify now, so uh, I'll take it, I'll, t- I'll take it with pride. I'll have to uh, show it off to everyone at some point.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, the self-proclaimed... Uh, most talked about person on the podcast, and it probably is true if we listen back, Um, the BIHC's number one goalie, according to, well, at least me, Berk Ricchetti. How are you, Berk?
3: I'm doing pretty good, Rambo. Thanks for having me on. And uh, self-proclaimed in the sense that um, most talked about who hadn't been on the show yet. So now I don't think I can have that title anymore, so I guess that's passed on to someone else.
0: Probably yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's probably one of those guys from Cambridge that used to light our payneck. Eh,
1: yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it will be. There'll be uh, there'll be people that we need to find, but obviously we managed to make it through 50 episodes without having Burke on, so there must have been a lot of interesting people out there. So I'm sure we'll have to scrape the barrel for the next 50.
0: Yeah, yeah. We also have a, a, a pre-recorded interview to to get to as well, which we'll get to down the line um so the first thing i thought i'd ask you guys uh is is a bit about what what's been happening with you since uh, since you last played hockey um i'll start with you max because I, I know that you've maybe back at the hockey a little bit and maybe you could tell us what's been uh, what's been going on with you
2: yeah so we got back on the ice for the first time around four or five weeks ago so i've done four or five training sessions one a week since um sort of middle of september just trying to figure out the ever-changing policies especially with the new restrictions that keep coming around Manchester, we kind of have to come up with a new plan every other week but we're, we're managing now, especially with uni sports kind of being given a bit of a hand, so now training is sort of back to normal um, We did have one session where we could only be in groups of six, we had to split the ice up into four into four bits and strictly stick to those groups but it's all back to normal now, the tra- the training. Just, um, we've got the 30-person limit. And now we're just trying to work out ways to get freshers on the ice and um, structuring the sessions because obviously there's no games anytime soon. So working out how to keep going for the rest of the term and planning ahead as much as we can.
0: Excellent. It's good to hear you're back on the ice. What, what did you do to occupy yourself before you got back on the ice?
2: A lot of Netflix. <laughs> um a lot of netflix um took up took up running um did that a lot during lockdown to keep myself as fit as possible um we had we had a few meetups to play ball hockey outdoors um wherever it was safe to do so and again yeah a lot of netflix a lot of video games because i've been working from because uh, i've been working from home the whole time as well so anything to kind of get me outside i, I, I took up any opportunity i could
0: Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, Berk, you're, you're in a different position because you're, you're stuck here in Edinburgh with me um, in the, the non-functioning uh, ice, r- uh, ice rink zone. Um, what, what have you been doing to occupy yourself since hockey got cancelled?
3: Um, just been sticking to uni stuff. Uh, I guess I have a lot of time to dig into the, uh, the PhD work, so I figured if I'm going to have all this extra time, I may as well not fall behind. Um doing as much work from home as possible and trying to keep a normal as possible life um, obviously without the ice hockey which is a shame but we did get the nice bonus of um, a lot of Stanley Cup hockey to to watch so there was that
0: yeah my favourite part about that was when they you know when it first started and you had games at like sort of four in the afternoon over here
3: Uh, oh yeah that was fantastic just (laughs) all the way through you could just just rattle them off and then even the late games um you could you could watch them the next morning when you got up uh without any spoilers so you could be watching hockey for like 12 hours a day it was it was great
0: yeah no sad times for your your flyers unfortunately in the end but um good that was a pretty big
3: disappointment yeah but um still it was it was fun hockey to watch at times um and it was fun to watch the goalies perform, I have to say. So that was that was a lot of fun to to watch and keep up to date with.
0: Yeah, and as someone, obviously, you play at Murrayfield and you've played some late games where there's been next to no crowd. Um, were you impressed with how the goalies performed, uh, considering that they obviously didn't have the same sight lines and things?
3: Um, yes, I didn't think that the goalies would really have much of an issue because um, so many of those goalies at the elite level, um, all of their training is into mental focus and, and just being able to hone in on the game. And even the goalies who are criticized like early in their career who might lose track of um, a 60-minute game and, and might lose their focus during that, they're just so much better at it now. And there's such a cutting-edge uh, training into that mental side. I didn't think a lack of crowd noise would really impact the goalies at all. Um, players, on the other hand, they definitely draw more of the crowd. But I I think for the goalies, it would just be another day on the rink and trying to control all they can.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, Nick, finally, I've come to you. I'm not going to ask you what you've done since lockdown, because we've had quite a few pods over that time to keep <laughs> ourselves interested. But um, what have you uh, what have you been up to since I last spoke to you, which is uh, about six weeks ago or something like that
1: well, well just before then i'm just going to jump in and, and make a suggestion that for for any budding people potentially trying to finish a phd out there mentioning no names um <clears throat> mr rogers um maybe uh burke seems to be making pretty good progress you probably should uh, probably should check in and get some uh, hints and tips as to how to get that thing progressed but, um
3: i i don't want anyone listening to this to think that i've made any sort of progress um particularly any supervisors that may be listening. Hopefully they're not. Um, I'm not the person to come for advice on progress through a PhD. Definitely. Well, the
1: good news is neither is Dave. So, uh, so there's, well, it's nice that
3: we're all, all in the same boat. <laughs>
1: um, but no, uh, other than that, Rambo, yeah, uh, obviously back to work and obviously I think like, uh, like Max as much as anything else, obviously back to back to the rink in a little bit more of a, a usual fashion with uh, – with kings and obviously trying to get the the new normal under under control and as as Max is saying get freshers on the ice and try and, and try and keep a club going and try and keep traction as much as anything else like uh, it'd be very easy to to shut the thing down and and wait for wait for things to come back but you you know as well as anyone Rambo that. You got to try and keep the wheels turning and, and keep things going. So it's been a challenge. It's it's different, especially as a as a coach to to come up with different ways to entertain people. That um, it is good to have these groups of six for development. And to be honest, actually, we continued that to an extent that even even with the relaxed rules, we're still continuing to do some uh, some smaller group work. It's it's good coaching tools for uh, for a lot a uh, lot of people at different levels. But then it, it's just about trying to keep uh, i'm sure a lot of people obviously saw about northumbria university on the bbc thank you very much um that it was the epicenter of covid for a while and it's just about trying to you know it's like rambo it's like herding cats just trying to get everybody everybody in the right place at the right time no one's turning up who's sick or ill everybody's looking after themselves and and just uh, generally child-minding pretty much that's been the last six weeks
0: excellent excellent no um guys obviously uh, We've not had any hockey since since March, uh, like proper hockey. I know you, some of you have been back on. we any matches. Um, I just thought there's two sort of, well, three grizzled vets of the, the B-I-H-A. Um I thought I'd, co- I'd go round the horn here and, and get you guys to maybe name a couple of your favourite moments in the BIHA. Uh, Max, I'll go to you first. We've not heard from you for a wee while.
2: Mm. I mean, I think my debut game is still my standout to me in, in, in the B team. So in a non-checked Division Three, away at Whitley Bay on a Tuesday night. I, think I basically begged Matt to pick me for the team, and they were dead sure players. So they had no choice but to pick me. I managed to get a consolation goal at the end, which was re- which was really nice. Ended up losing the game, which is a shame, but that's the one that's always stood out to me. Um, and the team last year, that got to the national semi-final. Um, when I captain I captained our C team to that. Got it to losing semi final, but I really enjoyed the time with that team. That's been that's probably my favourite team that I've played on so far. And hopefully I've got a few nationals ahead of me to maybe get to a final one day.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Berk, you've obviously had almost a decade in the BIHA. What what's, what's been your favourite favourite moment or moments so far?
3: Um, I would definitely have to say, uh, having the Eagles win the championship against um Cambridge. That was that was definitely the the pinnacle that was a great team a great season and it was it was a fantastic way to, to top it off that uh, 20, nine, 2018
0: 2019 season yeah um, the, the other thing I was going to ask you about Becky because uh, I, I was I think I lost track of the minutes but I did send them to you what what was your shout streak in there in the nationals before that
3: ah uh, you you should have uh, you should have asked me to to look it up. I, I can't remember. It was um, I distinctly remember um, what was it? It was part of the All Star Game, and then moving into the Nationals weekend, and then for most of the Nationals games. Um, I mean, the the team was fantastic that year, so they made my job quite quite easy but um yeah i'm trying to remember what what year that was but with the excellent biha statistics that are kept online i'm sure we can find that out
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um and then uh, nick uh what, what was what's your been your favorite moment in the biha in all your time
1: involved um aside from the playing stuff that again like these guys i've played for a number of years you could pick out individual moments. Some some things that are like big things like whether it be winning titles or or big games or stuff like that or, or individual moments like sharing them with friends or whatever but but to be honest Rambo like I don't know about you I found one of the more rewarding things and certainly things that's been one of the best things that we've done is um since like the live stream coverage happened whether that be kind of that first time that just as a bit of a laugh we picked up the microphone and and started to talk and went from there and then obviously with the ias games and Guffgate and some of the other shenanigans going on it's that that's as much as anything else one of the best things for me is like the games transcended from on the ice to all the extra things that come with it off the ice and and the fun that comes with that so i i would say that kind of experience and and being part of like uh there's tons of people that even i've come across who, who just have listened to the live stream they might not know it's me or you or i don't know how but anyway um but they they just love that experience and being part of that is probably i think that's one of the best things uh, i can remember being a part of in terms of it it's massively added to people's experience of of kind of university hockey it's uh it's not just a uh, at midnight in the shadows it's kind of you're on youtube you're like you can go show people like it's a bit of a laugh, but still, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a neat little thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course, one of our most famous commentary moments involves a certain person on this call, um, <laughs> doesn't it, Max? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll not we'll not we'll not dwell on your your big miss, but um, are you are you hoping that um, you get the chance to score at a nationals again soon, or for the first
2: time? I like to think, well now nah, I've got a job at the uni, I've got as many years as I want to try and get that goal, so it's gotta come eventually, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it probably
2: probably does. But then but then I'd also I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather take a team to win it than me scoring. I'd rather I'd rather be able to say that i have won something with well, a team.
0: That's that's very true. That's very true. Now um I was thinking well, a lot of people have their own philosophies on hockey. You just t- touched on it there, Max, uh, You'd rather have a team winning than score yourself. Um, if, if you've got any words of wisdom for people that are maybe thinking about starting hockey and obviously they've got a long think about it potentially, what, what would you say to them?
2: I think just go in and try not to take it too seriously and use it as a bit of fun. Because, I mean, I came in, I'd, I'd barely even put on a pair of skates and I started playing and I just took it as something to enjoy, not something to take too seriously. Um, obviously, it's a it's good way to develop yourself, a good way to keep fit i've met so many people i mean i've been playing for what four or five years now and i've made so many friends and had got so many connections now and i wouldn't swap it, i wouldn't swap it for anything now i think it's, it's metro has become a big part of my life uh, along with uni hockey and just going just going to a tough one that, that's that's why i do it
0: excellent that's that's a good a good message um as well and uh, and also kids uh... For if anyone is out there and knows Andrew McKinnon, also back check, don't follow his lead. <laughs> um, and Berkey, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you sort of similar question. I remember a certain bus trip with you, and I don't know if you recall this, um, where you gave me a lot of myths about being a goalie. You know the old myth, a goalie can win you the game, and you, you told me that that was false. The best a goalie can do is draw you, is draw the game unless they learn to score goals. So have you got any uh, words of wisdom for anyone thinking about starting a game or even someone who's played the game for a while?
3: Well, just um, just to pause on that for a second, I remember you bringing this up in an earlier podcast and <laughs> Nick um, taking exception to it, criticizing um, my my philosophy, and then that just being put to bed and that being the end of that. And I had no rebuttal. So Nick, would you like to, um, elaborate on what your, um, what your thoughts are on that philosophy?
1: I thought this was going to come up. I actually just, I was thinking back about why did that like kind of twig in my head when Rambo just said it. And now it obviously all makes sense. Um, I don't know. I, I can't probably, I can't remember exactly what my, uh, what my statement was that day, but, um, I, I so, think, yeah. Okay, no, go that, ahead. no you go hit but, so, but so I, nice.
3: I think the original statement was something along the lines of even if a goalie could play to perfection until a goalie can score, the best that I can do at my job is to deliver a tie or a draw to the team. If I'm a forward or a skater or a defenseman, if I am miles ahead of everyone else on the ice, I can win the game because I can just put pucks in the net at will. But the best that an NHL level goalie could do potentially at the BIHA level playing in goal is, if you keep the goal, a goalie in the other net the whole time, The NHL goalie isn't going to be able to score on him, so he can just give you a shutout. He can't do more than that. Hmm. It's more of a philosophical um, debate about goalies not being able to control anything else. They can only control what they have within their reach, within their power, because they're not actively going to the puck. But then at the same time, they can't deliver a win. They can only keep the team in it. And therefore, they're probably the biggest component of a team because they're keeping the team in it the entire time.
1: Yeah, which which I would I would agree with that. And, and not going from the, the physical standpoint of obviously the 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 metrics of obviously at the end of the day, yes, the goalie can be perfection and can only achieve a tie at the the, the best. What I would say is from from my point of view, and even from a coaching point of view. Even, even before you get on the ice, a certain goalie or uh, a goalie of a kind of aura can have such a mental effect on both sides of the opposition. Whether that's whether that's your own team or, or the team that you're facing. Like, for instance, we, pl- having played against yourself, we, we've got into games before playing against you guys, knowing, hey, even even if um, even if our goalie stands on his head as good as he is, we've still got to score more past Burke than what our guy's going to let in and mentally that's in his head that's in our head that's in everybody's head and that's what that's an extra effect of what a goalie can do that straight away like we might yeah at the end of the day you can't score but in the same way you've already got in everybody's head and in the same way just from a different kind of point of view from around the rink having having the guys that we've got and we've we've struggled either for a regular goalie or something like that. Just mentally, guys asking, hot, who's a goalie this week? Who, who's playing this week? And just straight away, just the reaction and the way that they the way that they take things and the way that they play. The goalie ha- like might only be able to realistically achieve a tie, but I think psychologically they have a massive further reaching effect on 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 everybody around them in terms of um we we've got into games before knowing that we we've got the B team goalie in and straight away suddenly people Okay, try and defend that a little bit harder, but actually they don't defend properly. They they try and do too much. They try and try and do these things. And and that's where I think the goalie has such a, a wider reach and influence than just trying to achieve perfection. I think they they've got such a bigger further reach, which fair enough, there might be that, that one forward, the best player on the team. But in the same way, realistically, even even in a BYJ team that might be playing two line hockey, he might only play for thirty minutes, thirty five minutes. The goalie's still got sixty minutes to influence that game.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I would completely agree with what you're saying there, and and that kind of reminded me of a famous statement or a famous quote from um, American hockey legend Brian Burke when he was a GM, saying that hockey is eighty percent eighty percent of hockey is goaltending. Unless you don't have it, then it's hundred percent of hockey. So, right to your point, if you can solidify that position at any level, that immediately has an impact not only on your own team, but on the opposition as well.
0: Yeah, I and was, I was going to come in, Berkey, just, just the way Nick answered that, and he obviously talked about the psychological boost of having that great stopper at the back there. But from a goalie's perspective, is it important to sort of keep in mind that you can only control so much and that the team in front of you has to do their job if you're going to win games as well. Is that, is that, the, is that the sort of the crux of it? The team can be boosted by you, but you need to realize that you, you can only do what you can do. Is that, is that sort of the, the, the crux of the whole thing?
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. Mainly because in the position you're so limited by what you're able to do, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to make the save in the moment. So if you're thinking too heavily on, oh, the puck is getting past my first three forwards, now there's an odd man rush or or what have you, you need to mainly be focusing on what you need to do to stop the puck. Because at the end of the day, you're not in control of anyone else on the ice. And if a puck has already gotten past you, you're not in control of that either. And who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of minutes of the game. So everything needs to be self-contained just within the moment and being able to achieve that level of focus in that moment is really what separates the elite NHL players from the rest of the pack when it comes to goaltending.
0: This has opened a a nice nice big debate. Um, So, so Becky, if there was anyone that's, you know, certainly the new goalies, what what would you say the most important thing for them to learn is, is it, is it the skating or is it, is it mentally to just be tough? Is that more important than, than everything else?
3: So mental toughness is definitely necessary, but I would say first and foremost, you need to be able to learn how to skate. Um, just as a forward needs to learn how to skate, you're not going anywhere unless you can skate. Um, we're all or most of us have been blessed with being able to grow up running and walking and that's how you get around in rugby or football or baseball or any of these other sports. Uh, we aren't born or raised to know how to skate. So that's the first thing that you need to do for a goalie specifically. The main thing that I would try to convince the goalie is that the puck doesn't hurt. Don't turn away from the puck or else it will hurt because your gear is built to protect you from the shots coming in front of you, not if you turn away from them and they hit you in the back. That's a very surefire way to scare a goalie. And if you have a goalie who's puck scared, then they're probably going to be hanging up the skates quite early. So just go out, have fun. The the part of the sport and the part of the position that I find most fun is just continually – Taking away other people's happiness that they're trying to score, and I can do everything in my power to keep them from getting the thing that they want, and that appeals to me. So I guess you have to have that little mental uh, quirk as well.
0: Uh, and uh, and Nick, have you got any? if uh, you got any, any philosophies you want to drop on on anybody as well? So I've, I know Berkey has really uh, held the floor there and. I think any young goalie listening to that would would be a lot better for it. But uh, Nick, if you got anything for people maybe thinking about managing a club, perhaps since since that's what you do.
1: Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> well, I think the 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 biggest. So so take the take the guys who have taken over this year, because uh, kind of I sit in kind of an executive position and kind of just. Make sure that nothing burns down to an extent. Run the coaching program and run the teams, but don't necessarily get involved in the day-to-day chasing of money, doing this, that, and the other, signing players up, and all the rest of it. Um, the, the biggest thing that I told the guys, because obviously I've done all that before, been there, got the t-shirt. The biggest thing that I told the guys this year is, um, you're not necessarily doing this job to make friends. Like, if that if, if that's your aim, you're already onto a loser because, unfortunately. Whether or not you've got good friends on the team or whatever it is, at some point, at some point during during your tenure, you're going to have to have a difficult conversation with one of them. That ideally, as a friend, you don't want to have, but as a manager or someone who's in charge of the team, you've got to do. It might be a financial conversation. It might be uh, either again going into a coaching conversation in terms of telling some 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 hard truths or something that someone doesn't want to hear. So. I think you've got to be you got to be strong-willed in yourself and and know that you're doing it for the right reasons. Like I know there's a lot of people who just want to do these kind of tasks and have fulfill these roles because they want the the kudos of the power of oh I'm president of this or uh, secretary of this. It looks great on a CV, but at the end of the day, unless you can speak to it and say what well, actually you gained and what you did, it doesn't necessarily mean mean anything at all. So the first thing is is obviously <laughs> Don't be afraid that you're not going to make friends, if you know what I mean. Like it, It's going to happen. Um, and then the second thing is you are just got to be sure in yourself because at the end of the day, you're going to be having potentially, whether it be 20 players for a small club or 100 players, if you're a Sheffield or Nottingham of this world, there's always going to be personality clashes. There's always going to be people who second-guess you. You've just got to stick to your convictions and go with it. And, and you know what? Sometimes you're going to have to turn around and say that you were wrong and you've got to be man enough or uh, woman enough to do that. Like it's it's part of life. And to be honest, getting involved in hockey and the organisation of it, and and running teams and doing all the rest of it, is is still single-handedly one of the most best things I've ever done in terms of a, a growing up experience. You you learn so much that you take into into future life, and and it'll stand you in good stead.
0: Excellent. Now, guys, before we before we go into anything uh, anything else, um, I think. Now would be a good point to take a wee break. We're about half an hour in, uh, to to listen to Eva, who was very excited to get on the fiftieth pod. Uh Nickel know all too well. Eva's a, a massive supporter of a lot of the things the BIHA does, and she's a, she's a big fan of the podcast. So um here she is now. I'd like to welcome uh Eva Harrison to the fiftieth podcast. How how are you doing, Eva? I'm good, Rambo. Thanks for having me. Uh no problem at all um and uh we just had a brief chat there what, what have you been doing since uh since march since this lockdown uh hit? yeah
4: um yeah since um mark happened i um i went back home down south surrey way uh rode out the storm there had some interesting times over that you know, that time we were all locked up and Yeah, just rode it out until um, last Saturday. I did the trip back up, uh, doing my last year in Loughborough University now. So just chilling here now.
0: So um, obviously last year in in Loughborough, but uh, hopefully all things being equal, uh, another couple of years on the Mavericks then for you, is it?
4: Well, actually, um, uh, probably I I might have played my last Mavs game. I mean, to pull out a surprise. uh, um, Yeah, well, because I'm um, I'm entering my final year and uh, I don't know about this season, so I haven't registered yet, and um, uh, I'm probably going to be going back down south when I uh, finish up university. So I might have actually played my last
0: game with the green on. Oh, um, well there there you go. That's a, a pod exclusive, I guess, on our on our 50th pod. Um, now, Eva, you uh, you've one of the reasons I got you on is I know that you you listen to maybe not all of them but you've listened to quite a lot of our podcasts and and, and what have yeah. you um apart from the last time you were on the podcast what's been your what's been sort of any moments that have stood out for you in the in the podcast like favorite interviews or whatever
4: I actually really like the um Chris Cook one you did a while back that that was really informative because like he was name-dropping Cause I've gr- I grew up obviously near Guildford, so I used to watch a lot of the Flames. So he was name dropping people like I think he name dropped Miloš Miloš Miliceric, uh, massive cult Flames player, and he's name dropping all these people. I, I don't know if he mentioned his coach Mark Saunders. That's another name. It's just all these people I've met in my when I first started out my hockey journey, and just like all these names, that, it was really nice to hear also from someone who's competed at wugs as well i thought that was a really good one
0: excellent excellent and uh and um, the pods uh, you were on the pod and it must have been about two years ago now because um, we've been doing this yeah. for three seasons well this going into our third season um and um, what was what's changed for you in hockey since since the last time you were on the podcast
4: yeah, um, you you um uh, interviewed me for the uh, Finland camp that was two years ago now, that was the 2018 one. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really good one. But um, yeah, since that, I think we've had, in terms of university, I've had two nationals, two women's nationals, so the second and the third one. Uh, that, they're, they're really interesting. Both of them, funny enough, against the Steel Queens, Um what each winning one a piece. Um uh, yeah, I've had two different national um, nationals with D and C uh fair few league games as well with um uh C and D team as well. And yeah, it's lots of experiences. Um yeah.
0: And of course you know um you know playing uh for a women's women's team you were playing for the Vipers. I think you've moved to the uh... Yeah the shadows knows and and how's that, how's that move been for you
4: yeah it was it was it was really interesting um i uh yeah it was interesting going from winning the premier league was a real highlight in 2018 19 and then going off to playoffs which was really interesting because the season before that we'd had a bit of a bit of an interesting one uh, season but then yeah winning premier league and then you know i, I obviously didn't stick around in Nottingham but and then moved to Sheffield we had a really interesting start of the season having probably one of the most surprising games I've ever played where uh, we beat Chelmsford 17-2 I think Um, and but even for a cut short season the one just gone with Sheffield it it was really nice um, moving to a new place I didn't know everyone there but very welcoming and we, we had all sorts of adventures even for such a short season.
0: Yeah. Now, um, a, a great sports writer has written a, a little synopsis for you if you were in a draft, um, that being me. Um, and uh, I want to know if, if, if that's still the case, because the last time I saw you play was Finland, so it's been a little oh, wow. while. Um, yeah. Finland tw- 2019? Yeah. Oh, no, I saw you at Nationals, yeah. but it's, it's been a while anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, my my little synopsis for you, if you were, you were going to be drafted, was... <laughs> a power forward with defensive upside. So is that still the case?
4: Um, Also, not, um, also one that's a bit lazy, but no, nah, I'm kidding. Um, No, nah, that's that's, that's, a, that's a good one, yeah. I mean, one thing I've worked on throughout my whole career has been my, my speed, and I've, I've recently learned, in my time playing, I've just, you know, I've learned how to do a back check. You can learn them if you're in the BIHA um yeah I mean one thing about me is also my size and I put that to good use um yeah
0: yeah and uh you've been I've, I've heard you've been scoring a few goals for Sheffield you got any any memorable any memorable ones you want to talk us through
1: oh god
4: well that first game where I think it was actually funny enough that Chelsea game where I actually I think we had there were so many opportunities there um I missed out I mean I got two I think I think I don't know how many other people got hat tricks that game, but that was that was an interesting one and probably my best one though was the Premier League game we had um, against Hull, Hull's B team in the Premier League. Uh, that was my first hat trick in the Women's League as well. God, that was good. That was um, I also got man to match for that one. That was a pretty good one. Um, yeah. Um, also, probably scoring on the last. The last game we had when we all knew um that we all knew it was the end of the season obviously with the incoming uh was it um news of the pandemic and um yeah scored on that one it was a special thing because um one of my good friends who's also been in the biha amy robinson was also in that game on the other team so it was nice having one last game especially with like what one of my best friends so
0: yeah yeah um and you got her last name right this time, so that's oh, Yeah. Yeah, not oh God. Yeah. yeah. Um we'll we'll not go into that in any great detail. Um, um so you've 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 obviously you you're playing quite a lot of hockey. Um well, you were playing quite a lot of hockey. Um who who's been your sorta of, who've been the players that you've enjoyed playing with the most, um in, in, in all your different teams you know who stands out for you as a really good teammate or someone that you just enjoyed playing with because they're really skillful
4: oh i mean there, there's quite a few different answers for that i find that there's people who are really good team players and you know not like they're just they're always fun to play with always a laugh like i mean sean monkhouse i don't think i played it for much but really good presence on the bench he um he, he's always a, a good laugh, and I I, I think he, you know you don't want people who are like you know you know constantly bringing each other down. So it's good to have those people. Um, who else? Well, as I said, Amy. Uh, who else? Um, uh, in regards to coaching, um, I remember on my D team uh, time, uh, James Guest was pretty good. He was quite chill. He was quite good, but he he could pull it back. And but in terms of skill, like. I know. I've had quite a lot of people with that skill. We had Robin Mullen when we were on Vipers. I think she needs no introduction. Uh, Zora Gopnebet when we were doing, um, what was it, IAS, on top of, like, half that team. Goodness. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, there's there's been some interesting people,
0: you know, in my time. Like, yeah and uh and do you, is there any uh formidable opponents that stand out that you've you know been a real pain in the ass to play against
4: yeah i i think you coached one of them oh like those two face those two you know absolute bomb burners we had in 2018 and 19 like everyone i think i think no one left anything out on both of those occasions um though that was that's probably been the biggest, in those two I S TBU games my time.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, but yeah, even even some of the na- you know, national games. I remember D team going t- through to um the because they won their league in 2019. They uh, also had playoffs, and we had uh, a Warwickshire B team who um they had some interesting players for a B team. Let's just say that. Um, so that was a really tough game. <laughs>
0: um and uh yeah well thank you for uh, com- I guess that was a compliment to the steel queens there oh uh,
4: definitely i mean they're, <laughs> they're a testament to scottish hockey i think especially uni- university hockey as well
0: well I I, I I hope that someone in scotland is listening to that and uh, i get i get some kind of kudos but um so one of the things I was going to ask you is because obviously we're in lockdown, and I, I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of time thinking about different uh, scenarios in hockey, some some more fanciful than others. But uh, if if you could if you could be like play on any team for one game, any professional team or, or non-professional team for one game, just switch to that team. What team would it be and why? Uh, I
4: think tendency would be named your NHL team, which unfortunately. You know, it's the um, that's the Philadelphia Flyers, so um, they didn't do so well, but no, I would really obviously, I'd never be able, I would never have been able to, but you know, Guildford in the elite league, like, I don't know, that team's like it's the team it all started with, you know, that was um, my first introduction to hockey, really. Like, yeah, you know, all my American family like the Flyers, but like, I, I started watching, you know. You know the the first team I ever went to watch, Guildford Flames, in some like 2010. Like, is there's just so many good memories. I, I mean, it would have been amazing if you could ever play for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I grew up with the the Murrayfield Racers, the first incarnation, oh. uh, not not the current ones. And uh, I, yeah, my dream as a boy was to play for the Racers. And I'm going yeah. to blame the fact they went bust, uh, the original racers went bust on the fact they never played for them. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no one can prove otherwise. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I pre-warned you about this question. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, if you had a goal song, um, what would it be and why?
4: Wow, well, that, is, that is a good one. Um, uh, you see, everyone would pick some like their favourite song, but... I, I just couldn't, like, you hear Austin Matthews saying if he had one, he would choose, like, Baby by Justin Bieber. I I would probably just choose some, like, niche, like, I don't know, Swedish pop song, because I'm big into Eurovision. Like, I don't know, I'd uh, I'd, I'd choose some by, like, Carola Hegvist, because she's a bit of an interesting character, and she's had some pretty uh, interesting songs in sweden so i don't know um i don't know like uh 19 what was it 1991 eurovision winning song probably have that
0: that's well, easy for, for you to say it. <laughs> 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 oh, God. yeah so you well i didn't know you're you're big into eurovision did you did you watch the movie on netflix
4: Weirdly enough, I haven't. Now I, I I don't know. I just never got round to it. And like I've watched little bits of it. Like I've watched a bit where you get a lot of people who've um come back to be on it. Like I think there's a scene where people like Joel Lundvik Kli- Lundvik came back for it. Uh, she Voss, who everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some other interesting little cameos and it's just.
0: Yeah, the guy with the violin from Norway, who I always forget the name of. Alexander Rybak. Yeah, yeah. Um, he 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 pops his head into it amongst a, a number of other uh, Eurovision, previous Eurovision people.
4: Yeah, uh, I, I did see the list though, and I like, I mean, it's not it's not very heavy on the people before like two thousand. Like they haven't got like the box fizzes or the Katrina of the waves, as far as I'm aware.
0: No, no. Um, incidentally the biggest complaint in scotland about the movie was the fact that they moved um the hydro to to edinburgh from glasgow no. in the movie um so they they just obviously filmed the used the hydro to film the the univision scenes and plonked it in the middle of edinburgh in a place where it never fit but it was, <laughs> it was quite good <laughs> i
4: thought i heard a complaint like they apparently land in glasgow and they drive to edinburgh was it? It's they used
0: line. Glasgow Airport. I don't think they ever say it's Glasgow Airport, but they use Glasgow Airport and yeah. instead of Edinburgh Airport. And there's there's a scene where they drive to Edinburgh within like two minutes and stuff. It's yeah. <laughs> obviously only Scottish people or people who are familiar with the area notice it, so but it's it's quite funny. Um and incidentally the other thing I found funny about it was the fact that Iceland who were probably the favourites to win this Eurovision had it went ahead um, are the ones who are kind of the the feature country to sort of because they've never won it before type thing so oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they,
4: yeah yeah i, I oh yeah that that was that the freya think about things god that they had a really good one back in 99 it's like i'm out of love oh, and they had a really good one when it was held in um where was it held jerusalem
0: mm. yeah yeah um, i'm not i'm not as uh i'm not as avid a, a eurovision watcher as yourself obviously but um, i'll take your word for it there uh, <laughs> now um, another thing i was going to ask you about eva is you, you mentioned the two IES games now obviously uh, lockdown hadn't happened i'd like to think that you'd have played in the IES game this year well, um, i
4: might want to I, I am a dual national i was intending to do gvu but
0: no, that's what I was going to say to you. Um. Uh. What's it? What's it been like? You know, previously being on the other side and playing for IS. Now training with GBU and and hoping to, to gain a spot in, in moving towards the uh, WUGs if it ever happens. And what? Yeah. What's it been like for you? Yeah, it's it's been really weird. Like, um, because
4: we were we were holding the camps and we got some really good players. Like, I don't know, Lucy Beale. Um. What's her name? Um, Louise Beresford. Like, all these really good players were coming down, and it was really interesting camps we were having up until, like, well, February was the last one before they unfortunately got cancelled. And, like, it was, uh, some, it was just great seeing all this talent, and we were all going towards this game where, like, I don't know, and some of the people that you showed off, like, some of the older names weren't there, but, like, you still had all these really good players, like... Well, hmm. some of the ones I mentioned, I think uh, Melissa, I think she signed back up for it, Melissa. Uh, oh, but oh, God, I can't even remember her last name, God. Um, or oh, for and,
0: the IS team. Yeah, and oh. I
4: saw all this team. It would have been really interesting, you know, going against them, like these people, like, I do know and I like to, you know, talk to, like, right? and yeah, the old team and um. Yeah, it just would have been an absolute. It would have been another barn burner
0: to add to the list. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you would have become uh, the first, the first person to to cross the divide as far as as far as. No, really no.
4: Um, Vicky that... Carson definitely had. She did it the other way around. She did
0: in. No, oh, yes. I actually think Vicky Carson didn't make the. Uh that she was, she, she was unfortunately unavailable for last year's IES game, so didn't actually play against the IES team. Did she not? No, I, I think by, by her being unavailable, had something prearranged that she couldn't get out of. She missed it, so... I think Nina
4: Brown
0: did. Nina Brown did, that's correct. Aye. That's correct, yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe I'm completely wrong. and I'm, I'm, um, There's been a few that have done it. Uh, I, I, Nina Brown, of course, was still... You know, she played for gbu in finland as well so she kind of swapped mm. about quite a lot but um yeah so i just thought it'd be, it was inter- interesting to see how you felt about the, the divide now what are you uh, what are you missing most about being on the ice what's
4: i've, I've really missed having a proper seat seeing everyone and having like proper team interactions like um it's just weird like going back to last year uni i like, i haven't had the same you know invigoration because like you know uh, because of the the rule um of elite rule um shadows can't really train because div one isn't classed as elite but um premier is but they haven't been able to train um i think i'm able to do some rec stuff but that one team not training it's it's just been really hard, and it's also hard because I, I just started being a referee as well, and like I was really looking forward to some of the assignments I I got, um, and knowing that because the seasons hope hopefully will start, but obviously with the current current situation, it's it's looking pretty far away, but it, it's been really hard.
0: Mm, yeah, um, and and how how did you find um, essentially donning the uh, the stripes? How how did you find that? It can be a bit daunting, I think, the first time. But
4: yeah, it it, it definitely is the daunting like that. That I I had my first game in an absolute classic rink as well. Um, what was it? It's uh, Peterborough. That that is that is it's a classic rink. You know, it, it's it's an older one, but it's it's really it's a it's a nice place but obviously first time around it's so scary like refing it cuz y- you go from like what you did what the stripes said or you didn't if it depends on the person but yeah you and then you're making the call and then you're you're doing all this procedure you're giving the talks and it's a big change but it was it was really rewarding like you know you feel like you've got you're, you know, you're you're doing something, you know.
0: Yeah, and did you did you have a newfound respect for for referees after uh, after after getting involved in the camp?
4: Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, I oh yeah. I mean, you just realized how tough their job is. Like, just all these decisions they've also got making split second. Like, you've you've got to decide are you call. You know, is that a call or is that not a call? And it's it's so hard it, it, it's a, it's a hard thing just deciding that or or not you know and you just you, you have to just give them respect
0: well the the next thing i was going to ask you is that you know you've obviously you've told me a bit about how things have progressed since you were last you were last on the podcast and what have you and you've had a lot more experience and uh, now being been with with gbu and stuff having played IES games what um I mean, assuming that there's a season and, and and what happens. But what what's your what's your goals in hockey ultimately? What what are you wanting to achieve uh, next?
4: Yeah, um, probably it's just um, it's make that QBU team. Like, I think that's that's the last um thing I've really got. You know, in in terms of serious hockey, like I, I just I, I would like to make you know work hard, get a spot, and hopefully if it, Winter University happens, go go to that in. Lucerne, because um, that that's my main goal here. Like, um, you know, I've I've had experience with a little bit of silverware in the B I H A, so I'm quite happy with that. Um, yeah, maybe do a bit more women's. Um, but yeah, I really do want to work on my um refing though, because I think that's what I'm starting to slowly go towards. But I do want to make one last push for G B U.
0: Excellent, excellent. It's good to hear. Somebody is this maybe going down the ref pathway. Eh? Um, yeah. Um. I, I, go, team I, I hope, go team stripes. I hope I hope, uh, hope Joy isn't listening. Um. She'll she maybe be she maybe get a little flutter. and uh, get excited here someone go someone else going team stripes route. Um. But um. Yeah. No. It's it's that's good to hear that you you're you still got an interest in the game and you're you know you're hoping to do something with that in, in hockey and and in, in for GBU and for and for team stripes as well um and then uh got one more year left at university is it and then then what what what's the plan after that that,
4: yeah that that some eluded me a bit as well i just i i just want to at this stage i want to graduate and i'm trying to go towards you know trying to look at the careers office and see what is what there is to do i mean i do maths and sports science so I don't mind if it goes either way towards a career in sports or a career, I don't know, working in some form, feel like that. Like, I don't know, actuary or accountant eventually or something like that. But yeah, just looking to get a job and settle down for a bit.
0: So quite uh, a wide range of, uh, of careers available to you then with the, with your degree, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Uh quite quite diverse so that's that's handy um especially in today's climate um with our, with our chancellor telling the musicians and stuff they need to retrain um oh my good, to, good to have a diverse, what, what did uh, you think of that. Huh? Um, i thought it was a bit harsh um yeah. it, to say the least i don't want to make it very political because some people won't yeah. like that but um yeah so <laughs> I, I didn't think it was the best thing to, the best thing to say anyway to put it that way um, so, um, if uh, the, if the, the, there was one last thing I was gonna I was gonna say to you, um, we talked about what team you'd want to play for. We've talked about your favourite teammates and, and uh, favourite opponents. If there was one player that you could be on a line with for one game, um, whether you've played against them or it's somebody famous, who who would it be?
4: Oh, famous! Oh, that's a good question. Like, who would I want to play with? Well, growing up, like, I don't kind of growing up. If it, if it was, like, a fan favourite from, like, I don't know, my time in Guildford, like, there was a time where I was watching as a teenager, Marcus Christofferson Love that guy's beard, as well as he was just a stud playing in the last years of the EPHL. Or, failing that, for an action, for someone who was, like, NHL, I, I, I always loved Rob Brindamore. He was the hardest working guy, and I love what he's doing in Carolina as well, like, I love him as a player and as a coach. Like, I just, I bet he's also really good in the locker room, so I bet he'd be a brilliant line mate, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good, very good answer. Okay, Eva, um, just to, to wrap things up, uh, thank you for being on the 50th episode of the pod because I don't no think it would be the same without one of our biggest fans, um, I'm assuming. Um, and uh, I just wondered if there's anyone you want to give a big shout-out to. Um,
4: for illegal. Uh yeah. Um shout out wise all all the all the band, like Mangum, classic maths player. Um, we need a retired number forty five for that. Um, Carla, Carla Roberts, Amy again, Amy Robinson, um, everyone in Nottingham, I guess, as well. And uh actually, you know, um, your guys as well in Caledonia. Some really good eggs like Mary, Robin, uh, Lynn Sinclair and was the name vicky um as well and well you for keeping up the podcast even though the the materials you know drying up a bit and as if we don't have a season but yeah kudos rambo
0: thanks it helps when i like the sound of one voice enough to do it all the time <laughs> excellent well thank you very much Eva. Um, i wish you all the best in your last year at loughborough and i hope we do see you again in the Biha. Um, yeah
4: just I'll, I'll try and pick up a master's somewhere you know stave off maybe graduation by one year <laughs> yeah
0: excellent
1: thank you very much
0: there we go eva harrison uh nick always a pleasure to have
1: eva on it is indeed obviously we we missed out this year with no nationals and didn't get to uh get some extra time in there but obviously uh her her comments and her um Kandra is always always appreciated, and it's another kind of member of the wider BYJ family. Would you not say, Rambo, in terms of the, the the people who who seem to care about this as much as we do?
0: C- certainly, certainly is. Um, she's uh, certainly someone who is uh, is enthusiastic, and, uh, and sometimes makes us feel like it, it. Well, makes me feel like it's more worthwhile. You know, the late nights and stuff, doing fixtures. Not i have had to do that this season. Um, so yeah, I was I, was, I thought. Couldn't have the couldn't have this without having evil on for a wee bit as well. So, uh, anyway, getting getting back to things, uh, Nick, I've heard this story from you before, so I'm not I'm not trying to cut you off, but um, uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to, uh, Max first again. Uh, Max, h- h- what actually inspired you to take up ice hockey and how, how did you get into
2: it? So, I, in my first year uni, i had fr- my, my friend Connor who I live with um, always walked about the flat in hockey jerseys. So I was the person that kind of took my interest to it and he got me into watching NHL and uh, thanks to him, I'm Boston Bruins fan. So uh, I'll let let, it sink in for everyone. And um, from there, I started watching Manchester Phoenix local team. And then through Manchester Phoenix, I found out about the uni hockey team and discovered they took on total beginners. So I took, I I didn't actually end up taking it up until my third year and it kind of just went from there really. Um, I think, I've always so I've always been into football, and one of the things I liked about football was collecting the football shirts. So I think when I saw the hockey jerseys, that stood out to me, and now I've I've got a big collection of over forty hockey jerseys as well.
0: Okay, well let, let me know when you are wanting to order a Steel Queen's jersey. I'll hook you up. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, how, have you got a lot of different BHA jerseys, or is it just uh, is it just sort of professional teams you collect?
2: Um, so I've got. I've got one, I've got my four Metro jerseys, including the old trains, which oh, I do yeah. miss wearing. Okay, right, fair um, enough. And then it's mostly um, Boston Bruins and Manchester Storm jerseys, with a few random ones scattered scattered in between. But, um, I'd be open to seeing if I could get some B O R J jerseys. I do like the Caledonia jerseys, and I do love the Edinburgh jerseys too. Oh,
0: there you go. Those
2: are actually two of my favorite favorites in the league, and I do like and, and the Kings jersey as well. Any any red jersey, I kind of I, I like the look of. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough. Of course, he means League style Cup um, for anyone watching in corporate or listening (laughs) in corporate. Uh, Berkey, first and foremost, what's your thoughts on the old Manchester jersey? And then the same question, you, how did you get into hockey?
3: So the old Manchester jersey, um, old Metro's jersey, going back to when I was a fresher, those were horrible. I mean, (laughs) I... They were... Aside from the fact that they were, like, ridiculously ugly and you couldn't read who the players were the team was just really good so we would lose to them quite often so it made it even worse like at least we could be losing to a team that actually had good jerseys but but it just added insult to injury
1: <laughs> was it not the uh, did they not obviously have a couple of years where it was like correct me if I'm wrong did they not have like bullet holes in the uh, in the numbers as well or something the late two right, thousands
2: ones, yeah. The, I think the late two thousands ones had bullet holes in in the numbers and the names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> that would, the one that I have
1: has Excellent bright level.
2: yellow. The one I have is bright yellow all the way down the arm, which looks even
0: worse. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, so uh, anyway, Berkey, how how did you discover hockey and, and get involved in hockey?
3: So um, my father and my grandfather were um, fans. They they were four for four uh, Philadelphia sports team fans, but my dad kind of grew up with uh, the Flyers when they were quite good. And when I was little, there was always sports on TV and I would watch hockey and I would watch the goalies. And I thought it was so cool how they would like go down in a butterfly and get back up. And they looked like robots to me. Um, And I always thought that was so cool. And my dad, kind of discouraged me from, from playing hockey. It was like, no, you, you don't want to be a goalie. That's, that's not for you. You don't want to be a goalie. Um, he, he had played goalie a little bit in roller hockey and, and ball hockey and stuff. Um, but then I convinced my grandfather to buy me a pair of pads. So he bought me a pair of pads for my birthday and that was it. He went over my dad's head. I got goalie pads and that was it playing street hockey and roller hockey and, just uh, watching as much as I could and then eventually transferred onto the ice and then into uni. So it was it was always a lot of fun. But um, I think ice hockey goalie was, was the thing that really caught my eye early on in sports. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I actually, my story of becoming a goalie was because I, I always wanted to be a centre and uh, the coach thought even at five years old I was too fat to play anywhere but D. So I decided that the best place for a big fat guy was in goals, and uh, that's how I got, That's how I became a goalie.
3: Um... <laughs> and clearly, that's not the way to do it anymore. You you want the big guys as the power forward, charging the net and screaming the goalie and and getting to the dirty areas. So you could have been uh, you could have been a high level power forward in, yeah. in today's game.
1: Yeah. Ram- Rambo has been making a living out of the dirty areas for quite a long enough, work, I think. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there have been many times that um, I've been screened by Rambo just standing in front of the net, whether or not he was actually on my <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. Still, Berkey, one of my favourite moments playing for the – playing for it was actually for the Phoenix, the recce team that was associated with the Eagles for so long, um, was uh, playing defence when you were in goals and you're just hearing this uh, American accent because your dad was over to visit and going, that's a great defensive play, made me feel like – a million bucks, like it was actually a real hockey player for for a few seconds. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, he always loved watching you play and and encouraging the team. And I mean, you were a defensive stalwart back there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then I then I sneaked up front a few times and. Uh, yeah.
3: Banked just... in a couple goals from behind the net. I remember those games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Right, guys, uh, obviously 2020 has been, well, for want of a better expression, a bit crap. Um, and I uh, figured we'd go, we'd go around the horn on this one, so we hear from everyone a bit more frequently rather than, than going it. But I, I asked you guys earlier, posed the question, na- name three things that 2021 owes you to make up for this year. Um, so, uh, Nick, I'll go you first, uh, since your face is flashing in front of me and the wee, wee picture screen. What uh, what what's the first thing that 2021 owes you um, in in lieu of what the hell is happening this year?
1: Well, I I think we've touched on this before, and I think this is going to be up there on a lot of people's list. Um, we we missed out on a lot of kind of a lot of hockey towards the back end of last season, and I know a lot of people look at it and go, well, hold on, you played until the end of March, but everybody knows that Nationals is the pinnacle, and whilst it might only be one weekend, it's pretty much half the season for a lot of people in terms of. Uh, the atmosphere and being there and doing everything. And then as we've talked about all the other bits and pieces that we're involved in, whether it be the live stream, IAS, that you spent all that time organising and sorting out and then had to watch it just fade away onto paper. But um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're owed, we're owed nationals. We're owed a really good nationals. And and what I mean by that is, is teams turning up on mass and like a, maybe a celebration of hockey, in the uk and university hockey that kind of like if we do get the chance to do it kind of maybe we, we celebrate and not take it for granted if you know what i mean that that that, that this is a, a happens every year kind of thing maybe maybe we just take a, a new fresh look on it and we'll probably enjoy it a little bit more
0: excellent excellent uh, maybe be kind of referees this time um that could be a new year's resolution no uh max uh, what, what what's the first thing that 2021
2: owes you well, i'll go well first i'll go along the same line as with nationals but i think the first thing i need is just a holiday somewhere <laughs> <laughs> a holiday somewhere sunny
0: max you you've got the same affliction as me you're ginger mate you should be going you should be going like antarctica or something
2: i know that's uh, how bad it's got
0: <laughs> <laughs> um okay um uh, berkey what about you what's the first thing that 2021
3: owes you um I would like to get back on the ice with the team and my friends and, and everyone. Um, but what 20, what the year would owe me, I would say is a little bit of revenge against St. Andrews. Um, our season this past season ended on quite the bittersweet note. Um, we were beating St. Andrews in our last game Of the season and with less than two minutes left to go in the game we had a power play and we gave up a shorthanded goal um i think mid to low glove side if i remember correctly that still haunts me um to tie the game in the last minute minute and a half and we ended up tying that game after having and battled St. Andrews for, for almost the whole 60 minutes. So getting back to the locker room, the, the team was a bit down and we just kind of had like a rallying moment, like we'll get back, we'll take a break for, for a week or two. We'll get back on the ice. We'll train. We'll get the Wookiee. We'll get them, um, in the Wookiee varsity and then we're on to nationals. And none of that happened. So the last memory of, the last time we were all on the ice as a team was that bittersweet tie to St. Andrew's. So I'm really looking forward to the next time I can get on the ice against them and get some revenge.
0: Right. Well, that's, that's a, that's a good thing to, uh, to aspire to. Um, I'm, I mean, it's no secret on the podcast that <laughs> I'm not St. Andrew's biggest fan. I respect them as a club. They're very, very good, but obviously I'm still an Edinburgh man at heart. And, uh, you know their arrival, so uh, that would be good to see. Um, my uh, my first one um, was was quite simple. Nick, 2021 owes me some more of your mum's key lime pie. Um, <laughs> that had to be in the most refreshing post national snack I have ever had. It was just cleansed the palate. It was just beautiful and fluffy, and and yeah, I mean I'm a simple man, and uh, and that certainly was one of the things that 2021 owes me as a, as some of Nick Ivor's mum's key lime pie. I'm sure she can't post it, or otherwise I would have tried that by now. Uh, <laughs> but, but there you go. Uh, Nick, what's, what's the uh, what's the second one for you? What's the second thing?
1: I don't know. I was just thinking there actually on a on a separate note. Uh, what, what Burke was saying about obviously he, he kind of got it left in a bad place. Like mine was left in a perfectly good place. And uh, we'd uh, we just played a game against, as you know, Rambo. We just played the Stags, which is. Uh, is it's always a fun occasion um uh in in that game and uh i, I just finally finally i think it's what 100 and oh, it must be 100, nearly 150 games or something i've played now and i played in goal which is by crazy new pastime in, in in short term played in goal and finally won my first man of the match i thought i'd really hit the peak of my career and then obviously there was a big lockdown so uh you never know but um uh i don't know i think 2021 owes me some kind of normal in terms of like uh for those of you don't know like uh, i work in uh work for a contractor and we we design and build and work a lot in the cinema industry which i'm sure for you guys here at least and everybody listening um cinema industry is obviously not doing so well um so yeah so so things have kind of gone sideways a lot there in terms of uh my company and the people we work for it would be nice to just kind of not have that worry and just kind of have some kind of normality or some kind of stability in terms of not constantly saying oh have you seen what so-and-so said today or have you seen this regulation or that regulation it'd be nice to have some normality and and i think um as much as normal might be stale and people want change like i would i would give anything to go back to some of that
0: Cool, cool. And uh, Max, what about you? What, what's, what else? What else are you owed from next year?
2: I think a lot of a lot of live sport, in particular hockey, at all levels. Because obviously, before all this hit, I'd I'd be watching at least at least a game or two of of live live hockey a weekend, whether it be so I do the clock for the Metros game on the Friday. You're going to watch the Storm on the Saturday, and then go to watch the Aces in the NL2 on the Sunday. And that's one of the things I'm missing most of the moment, because I've been able to go watch some low league football, but it's live hockey that I'm missing the most of the moment. So I think twenty twenty one owes me a lot of a lot of live hockey.
0: Okay. That's a good good option. Uh, Berkey what about, what about you? Have you got any any more?
3: Uh quick question for Nick. So you said that in your last game you got man of the match? Like the last game before. Yeah, yeah player, before player player of the game. Okay. So so um you know how in movies Like, um, the the hero steals whatever the ancient cursed artifact is, and then that basically triggers the apocalypse until the great wrong has been righted. So how do we know that the 2020 apocalypse did not get triggered because you got player of the game? Like, this could all be on you, and I think you owe it possibly to the world to undo that mistake by... Maybe having like a really dreadful next game. I'm I'm not sure how you correct that.
1: Well, well. To be fair, someone else in this call has, has also seen my exploits in goal before, haven't you, Max? In which case, um, you you had quite a good night that night in Manchester, did you not?
2: You know, it's bad when I score against you.
1: <laughs> exactly. So let's uh, let's face like swings and roundabouts here. Like, yeah, maybe I did cause the apocalypse, but also like, I I, I gave I gave Max his
2: wish. he, he got his goal. <laughs> not nationals though come on you gotta give me one at nationals
1: all right, well you know what i'll, I'll try
0: <laughs> to be fair max the, the goalie gave you one at nationals in that video you just missed the net
2: yeah
3: that's
0: um, true <laughs> <laughs> um so Berkey, have you have you got another
3: uh another so, one or... um i think 2021 owes us all some family time um i'm not sure how it is for most of the listeners, but um, I'm assuming that around the summer holidays and particularly the upcoming Christmas holiday, there might not be much traveling and seeing family that you normally would. I definitely know that that will probably be the case for me and my family. Um, So I think we're owed a decent bit of family time to see our loved ones and all of our friends that we would normally get to see more frequently. But unfortunately, now we can't.
0: Yeah, here, here, here on that one, uh, mm. Berkey, yeah. um I've actually, uh, I've actually been see, been seeing a, a a young lady, and uh, and we've been getting on really, really well. But um, now Nicholas seems to have cancelled uh, us being able to even say hello. So we'll see, <laughs> see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, more family time certainly is is something I think we all we could all do with, or 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 you know, or if you've got more time with your friends or maybe further afield if you if you're at university and you have friends and wherever they may be so yeah i totally agree with you berkey mine isn't as deep or as uh, profound as that um I, i think 2021 quite frankly owes me a scotland grand slam um i have been through a lot this year and i have watched some terrible rugby in my life and i feel that now is the time for 2021 to deliver me a scotland grand slam uh We've got the players now. We've got the South Africans who've now qualified for Scotland. Give us a grand slam. That's all. That's that's all I've got to say um, for my second one. <laughs> uh, probably more in hope than uh, expectation. But um, Nick, what about you? Last last one.
1: I don't know, Rambo. I think you're reaching there a little bit on your second one. Come <laughs> on, mate. Be realistic. Maybe three wins out of two, five would be fine. Uh, um, I was about to say out of five, like. I don't know. Normally, like the cupboard drawer must be getting pretty full, you know, with all the wooden spoons by now, is it not? Uh, well, even, that's why we. Even, like... even the Italians went through a phase of being half decent at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's enough of that, Nick. I've, I've, I've
0: been battered enough by rugby as it is. So. <laughs> um. Uh,
1: I I think 2021 owes us some. Uh, those are some big events in terms of like all, all that's been going on in the world in terms of all all the all the bad things like may, maybe 2021's when when we we find a cure for something. And I'm not just talking about COVID or we there there's a special special event or a special like there's a lot of stuff going on with going back to space and things like that. Maybe 2021 needs a signature kind of it owes us a kind of flip side to global pandemic it owes us something that's kind of like a, a big wow, I was kind of there when that happened or I was alive when that happened kind of moment so I know that's kind of like big picture and pretty vague but I think we're all owed kind of a there must be a, a, a flip side to uh, to 2020 somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max, what, what about you? What have you got?
2: For us? I say along similar lines to Nate, like, I'm not coming of anything too specific but just positivity because it seems like every time you open up a open up Twitter or any other website, it's just something negative every other day. I think 2020 on something. Yeah, like Vic says, if a big positive event can happen or any, anything in general like that, it'd be it just make a nice change to the status quo that kind of 2020 has given us.
0: Yeah, that's fair and very profound as well.
3: Yeah.
0: Better than my one.
3: Um, <laughs> Berkey, what about you? Um, so I am not going to go as large scale as, uh, the other two guys. Mine's a bit smaller. Um, you might not think so, but I would say 2021 owes us more BIHA podcasts. Um, you guys have really been like consistently churning out podcasts throughout this whole thing. And to see at least like one, small line of normalcy or consistency through everything that 2020 had, you got to keep it going. I mean, I was skeptical you would make it to two podcasts and now you're at 50, which is incredible. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but was this the only consistent media or anything put out by UK ice hockey? Like if you look at the entire governing body, did anyone else at any level, Elite League, SNL, like any of them put out anything consistently to keep engaged with either the players or the fans or, or whoever? I mean, you guys did. So I think I think you need to keep going with that.
0: Thank you very Good much. Right. I'm, yeah, not, you. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you, if,
3: uh, if there was any other podcasts out it's got um, to it's got to be the only one and and on a slight side note um, not least of which is that you're you interviewed your grandfather and that was a fantastic interview and to just have that in like recorded in the history um, just the history of hockey from his point of view was incredible to hear but you got to keep it alive now to to make sure that that is always accessible to everyone else who listens in the future so consistency with this podcast is i think something that uh would be good for 2021
0: well thank you very much nick i'm sure you you're quite uh proud and and blushing a little bit here in that as well perhaps
1: yeah i was just about to say that the comments there about obviously um about the interviews and the recordings like that, is, that is something, yeah, that, that'll always be there. And I, I think that's a, that's a magical thing. And then, uh, and yeah, certainly from my point of view, I know obviously, um, as, as announced by Andy, this is uh, Rambo's podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but no, in, in the, in the same way, like I know, obviously being, being a part of this with, the uh, with, with Rambo over the, over the summer and over the, however many years we've been doing this, but especially this summer, like, um, People have always talked about that, obviously, financially, the world's going to have to recover from furlough payments and, and loss of jobs and recessions and stuff like that. But you can't put a figure on people's mental health. And, like, certainly, I, I would say throughout those couple of weeks where I was having a tough time and off work and never really been through it before and just talking to Rambo and just just talking rubbish for, for half an hour, an hour each, each, each week, kind of. We, we were nearly doing them weekly at one point. Um, just made a difference and whether or not however many people aside from max listened um it 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 means a lot in terms of just being able to do that and whoever's listening i'm sure are listening for whatever reasons they want to whether or not they're hoping to hear something controversial which you never know between me and rambo we do tend to provide um or just hearing just to try and keep that little bit of normality like it is nice to hear that
0: yeah it's, it's really that's really cheered me up actually and it, it's uh yeah i, I mean i i and it started off with nick and i basically just not want to tidy up at nationals and uh and then it <laughs> gradually got to the point where we were organizing to do them sometimes at early early on sunday mornings so we could make sure we got one out and and what have you and and dave um as much as we we slag him off he's.
1: said uh, unsung hero he really
0: is yeah i mean he, he taught me how to edit them um probably weren't edited as well as he would have done them but you know we got a few out without dave's help because he was busy trying to finish things off and uh you know it's 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 been great just working with nick and and, and having all these interviews and these interesting people and we're hoping that we'll get even even more people on board to to you know to keep things fresh and yeah i'm, I'm Definitely looking forward to doing some more podcasts uh, down the line. Um, and, uh, and and I, I I thank you very much for those comments, but, uh, Berkey. Um, I'm, I'm going to say my third one is not as positive as Berkey's, just before I go on. Uh, my, my, my third one, and this is a, a wish I've had for a while now, but I hope in 2021 we can achieve it. It is quite a big thing and it probably won't happen, but I want to see a death of anti-intellectualism. Like, you know, people like not listening to experts and just generally being twits. I would like to just see that come to an end and a bit of unity with people trying to listen to people who've worked hard and know what they're talking about. It's not too much to ask, I don't think, but it's going to be hard to achieve. Um, And I'm, I'm sorry, I just it is something that it's probably the thing in 2020 I've noticed the most that's really... I think I can say this, it pissed me off the most in 2020. So um, if it's not, if I can't say that, Dave, just, just beep it out uh, if you're still listening um, this far ahead in the podcast. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'd like to see. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, guys, I just thought we would, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if there's much else we we've got to chat about. But I just thought quickly, um, we could we could maybe have a quick rundown, um and uh you could maybe give us what you've obviously listened to a lot of podcasts and Berkey certainly has as well. Um and maybe just tell us, you know, some of your favourite moments in the podcast and stuff. Maybe give us keep us informed for what we should be doing in future and uh, and uh, let us know. So, uh, Max, what what sort of things have you enjoyed in the podcast? And please don't say this interview's been the best thing ever because we don't know until we've listened <laughs> to it yet.
2: <laughs> well, other than this 50th episode special, um, I, I no, I always like hearing the um, the player interviews because it's good to hear players' pers- perspective, especially from teams that I've not interacted with so much. For some of the southern teams or the Scottish teams, it's um it's always interesting to hear. The other players perspectives on things and i think it helps me as well with being on the committee with the metros it's it helps me to kind of understand what we can do to improve and see what other teams around the league are doing um yeah it's just good to um good to have the platform to hear a lot of different people's perspectives on uni ice hockey
0: great great and then um, and back what about what about you what's maybe stood out for you in the in the episodes you've listened to
3: so um, definitely the interview with your grandfather. Um, I'm kind of a goalie gear and history nerd, and just like to hear him um, his memories of playing goalie all those years ago with cricket pads and, and all the rest of it—no helmet, all that crazy stuff. I thought that was fantastic. Um, the the one podcast that really comes to mind, though is the one with Kalle Um I want to butcher his name in the most um, enunciated Finnish accent I have. That really, really was a tough um, episode to listen to because he recalled with such accuracy and such pride the most painful moment of my BIHA career where the dragons beat us in sudden death shootout to win the championship he even like i i'm not sure i could count the number of people on one hand that that remember the exact move that was pulled for the final goal that i gave up in that shootout and Gale, who didn't even shoot the puck remembers exactly what happened and that just hurts so much to listen to. I had to stop it like several times and come back to it later because I was just getting so mad. So so that, that really stands out. And to be able to um, get that much emotion out of a listener from a podcast, you guys are doing some pretty good interviews, I think. So that's my memory. Um, are you guys going to have a new theme tune? Because, I mean, you're at 50 episodes and – it's been the same theme song. So, is there is there a new theme song coming coming down for for the next 50? Uh,
0: not that I'm aware of. Um, Nick and I actually have no say in the theme song.
3: Uh, but I mean, surely the wads can get together and record uh, <laughs> record some new music for the for the opening.
0: Uh, well, I could. I'm sure we could try. I mean, I'm pretty sure that. Uh color sound is shut for us to uh, practice in but we can, <laughs> we can maybe try and do something over zoom um or i could put some if just put one of our singles on and try and tout that you know um <laughs> uh, or just we're,
3: crowdsource
0: yeah yeah i mean there's going As... to be new new um uh, commentary material that from when he when he took that because that was yeah was three
3: years ago uh and you have a large enough listener base that there's probably like a student who actually does audio mixing and engineering and stuff like that that could help you before you had like me dibs and maybe your mom listening to the podcast uh, <laughs> episode <laughs> one so the listener base is a bit bigger now
0: yeah my mom didn't listen to the first podcast because she <laughs> pretty much comes comes when she's been here and I've been recording the she pretty much sticks her head in sort of shakes her head as though you've been on for ages um, and then goes away and then he goes you're just talking that nonsense again um when she when i go back down she goes who wants to hear that nonsense i'm like well apparently at least 10 people do so you know butt out you um, and <laughs> um but yeah that's something we could certainly look into for episode 51 um i'm not going to do any adverts for episode 51 but i have been talking to some people outside the wha for a possible uh round table nick so we'll we'll see how that goes Ooh. um but i
2: don't i don't
0: want to i don't want to say anything in case in case the person's not available before we record the next one and then we have we end up with nothing um <laughs> so um so yeah uh, but I, I really do i really have enjoyed this this sort of uh, sort of round table and i i like the round tables nick the only problem this has been the most sort of um how can I put it? cam round table would you say Nick
1: yeah because normally you've to be honest you've kept the topics quite mild like normally you've there's been an added amount of spice that you've normally put into the other round tables in terms of either looking at the guests and setting them off against each other or something there's normally been some kind of contentious uh, contentious stuff but yeah I, I've really enjoyed this it's been some some good talk some good good philosophy and uh, and getting through some stuff
2: there it's been really good
0: yeah, I mean, if I really wanted to set Berkey off with a Manchester guest, I would have got Alan Dunn, uh, Berkey's nemesis. Isn't that right, Berkey? I I
3: knew you were going to name drop him <laughs> at some point. This episode. I'm
2: I sure knew I could drop Alan, Alan a message. <laughs> <laughs> I still speak with him, so. Yeah, uh,
0: he was he was your bogey bogey forward, every game,
3: every game, every season. Even when Manchester stopped being good and we would crush them, he would still score a goal. Ruined the shutout with like two minutes left. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was infuriating. Even that season when
0: Manchester was so bad that they paid for him to do a fourteen ninety nine course on Microsoft Word, they, he still scored on Berkey. So that, that and,
3: just... he, and and he was a nice guy. Like that's
2: that's really <laughs> nice, what he is is one of the nicest he, people you will ever meet in was uni hockey. He
3: such a nice guy. And and like I couldn't just like. Just straight up hate him for every single reason. Like it, oh, it, it's so annoying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Nick. There's your bit of spice for the for the fifteenth
1: <laughs> I knew you, I knew you'd get it in there somewhere.
0: <laughs> um, well, anyway, guys, just before you before you go, I, I really do thank you. I've really enjoyed this. It's been it, it what's well, been a kind of tough week. This has been uh, something that I've it's really cheered me up. So I, I thank you so much for that, all, all, all three of you. Um, but just before before we we head off, uh, has anyone got a shout out you want to give a shout out to Max? Um, anyone?
2: Uh, just everyone everyone on the metro at the moment, especially trying to keep it all going at the moment. Big shout out to Rob, Nikki, Charlotte, Yannick, just everyone on the committee chugging along, getting people on the ice, getting freshers kitted up. Um, I know it's been a big shift in the past few months, and uh, I'm happy we've we'll been able to get everything together and get back on the ice.
0: Excellent,
3: excellent. And, Berkey, what about, what about yourself? Um, Shout-out to all the Eagles alumni who are maybe scattered around the globe in North America and Europe who maybe they could have had a couple more games, but it just didn't work out with the lockdowns and everything, or they hung up their jersey a couple of seasons back. But if they still listen, um, you're still remembered and you're still – I'm sure Rambo still has tons of stories about the times when you put on the, uh, the big orange machine, red machine jersey. So, <laughs>
0: Orangey red. Um, orangey red. Yeah. yeah. We've changed the color. So. Yeah, it depends when you bought your jersey.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it depends who was printing the jersey, if it was the orangey red or like the stark blind view with with how bright the saturation is red. <laughs>
0: Uh, Nick, you have the same problem with Northumbria, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we
1: I mean, had yeah, we had a big problem with the with the latest set of white jerseys. We've got some rather orangey ones and some rather very red ones. And fortunately, we were lucky enough that the orangey ones have gone away and we're all replaced at, at no cost to ourselves. But certainly um, didn't look so good.
0: Anyway, uh, just before before um, we do our usual uh, sign off, Nick and um, I just want to—I want to give a, a massive shout out to uh, the Leeds Roses. Um, it's always good, as people know, um, being someone who got involved and started a women's team in Scotland for university. It's great to see another women's league team being formed in Leeds. So well done to you guys. Um, get, I wish you all the luck in the world. Unless you come face to face with the Steel Queens, and then we hope to crush you. Uh, but that's—I uh, I just thought I'd give that a shout out. Shout out to those guys um anyway uh nick um, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to no one ever asks you that
1: yeah you, you know what right i was just thinking there for our for our average listeners of 10 you've now invited potentially two of them so the other eight people who i'm not directly addressing um thank you very much like we we do this for a little bit of fun and as rambo said it was it was a little bit of a joke one one time after nationals but obviously here we are 50 episodes in as long as you guys uh, are willing to listen to our to our patter and our bad jokes and take on the world, we'll we'll carry on doing this. So um, thanks to you guys, like uh, hey, we 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 do it for you, not as much as uh, just us recording R and Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, thank you very much, guys. As I say, I've I've really enjoyed this. It's been a it's been an absolute uh, brilliant episode. Um, so. Thanks to Eva um, for her her input in the in the the interviews that was recorded separately. Thanks to Max and thanks to Berkey. Um, but that is uh, goodbye for me.
1: <laughs> it's a goodbye for me.